And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindegaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Glovers Cast. How are you doing, guys? I'm Ben. Nice to speak to you again. On my screen, below my face, is Dave Coates. Dave, say hello, Dave. I'm back after a one game away or one podcast away because we're, we're, we're desperate for numbers, really, to be honest with you. So I've been... Uh, I've it's been, a I've been for, Exactly, for that reason. When there's only three of you, it's going to be going to be tricky. And didn't above say my hello, face, Dave, did he? He didn't say he hello. Didn't say hello, Dave. Hello, 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 Dave. Hi. Ian, to... Ian Sherman is done. And above my face is Ian Perkins. Say hello, Ian. Hello, Ian. There you go. That's how you do it. Now, I've got You're a bit already of... berating me. I've know, only been I've... about five minutes and I'm getting I'm getting abuse already. I have got a special treat. Because we are recording this on a special day. It is, of course, Mother's Day. And I thought we needed a special treat to celebrate mums all over the world. So without further ado, I've got a special treat. I'd like to introduce. My mum. Hey, <laughs> it's Mrs. Barrett. You can't hear anything. Can you not hear them? <laughs> oh, hey, say is... hello. Can you can you hear mum? I can't no. hear mum. Oh, no, no, hang on. no, we can't. We can't hear anything. That's it. It's 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 ruined. You've ruined. You've ruined Mother's Day. <laughs> I have ruined Mother's Day. Quick, swapping headsets. Here we go. Hello. There hello, she is. Hey. Welcome to the Glovers cast. Hello, nice to meet you. That's Dave down the bottom. Hello. Right, no. now, Bev, we're going to have to ask you, because we ask every guest who comes on the Glovers cast, what's your meal deal of choice? A Tesco's meal deal. Tesco meal deal of choice. Okay, easy. So it is a uh, prawn and salmon sushi. Wow, okay. She's going classy. Ben's not having that, though. Um, a bag of brown hula hoops. Is that Okay. Beef, and... beef flavoured yes. hula hoops. Yes, and a diet diet coke. A diet coke. All right, we got in early on the meal deal choice there, haven't we? Don't usually do that at the start. It's usually at the end. But um, yeah, I mean, your son will be the judge of who you are. And looking at the way he's he's glaring at us, he's got one one out of seven. Seven. Oh, that's poor. (laughs) That is that is very. Yeah, I love a salmon sushi. That's horrendous. It's not. That's a one out of seven. At least it's not hummus and carrot sticks. Yeah, that's that's not even a meal, is it? That's just a tiny snack. Yeah, let's not even let's not even go where that is. Then I've no idea what you guys are saying. Oh, he's talking about um, hummus and carrot sticks. Oh yeah, when Dave came, Dave Pryor did that. You know Dave? I do know Dave. I work with Dave. Dave I work with Dave Pryor. Can't win them all. (laughs) No comment. (laughs) He's lovely. Mum, how is it having a son that is a world-renowned international (laughs) broadcasting superstar? (laughs) I've no idea. No, um, <laughs> oh, she's that. So, mate. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I love it. Whatever he does, I'm super proud of my boy. It doesn't matter whether you're. It's lovely having you as a world class. What was it? Podcasting <laughs> yeah, podcasting superhero. Superhero. <laughs> oh, I'm just making it up now. No, no. There you go. 
Do you I, 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 I reckon and listen and talk to about the Halifax game? Do I want to talk about football? About the Halifax game that happened yesterday. No, I've got my coffee. I'm going to take it with me. Nice to meet you, fellas. Oh, okay. You. Very nice to meet you, Beth. Take Bye. care. Bye. What a treat. Wow. There you go. That was that was a real special surprise, wasn't it? I what? thought you were going to bring Mark Cooper on, if I'm honest. No. Nope. I thought that's who it was, yeah. I do not have Mark Cooper in my kitchen. No, no. My well. mum's mom, my come up to Somerset. Yeah. To spend time from Somerset. Somerset. Just, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was like, hey, come and join the gang. Be part of it. Tell us your meal deal. Yeah. What a ledge. Yeah, you go. Wow. Well, that is a start. I don't know how we're going to. Uh, I'm not sure yesterday's game at Halifax is particularly going to reach those heady heights. The opening six minutes of this podcast has already been more entertaining than the 96 minutes we saw yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that is absolutely true. Yeah. There you go. Thanks, Mum. You're a ledge. Happy Mother's Day. Love you. There you go. <laughs> right. Well, okay. Now back to our regularly scheduled broadcasting. <laughs> right. Well, right. Oh, dear. let's hope all the mothers out there all, all had a, a lovely time. What do you think? Um, oh, what was his name? Jamie O'Connor, the uh, referee at yesterday's game. I think it was Jamie O'Connor. Uh, what do you think his mother says about him, Ben Barrett? Um, she, uh, this morning filed to disown him. <laughs> okay. we straight into rule one, are we? I know. Yeah. 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 yeah well, <laughs> rule one's out the window, unfortunately yeah, today. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I don't mind peeling back the curtain a little bit, but we, after the post-match press conference, Mark Cooper asked Sam, he said, what time is it? And Sam sort of got the phone out and did it. Like, how, how long ago did the game finish? About 23 minutes ago, give or take. He went, ah, I've got to wait exactly 30 before I can see the ref. He was waiting. He was waiting. He was counting down to go and have a right. chat in the ref with his office. So, All right. Okay. Think, Is that um, why you're, why the interview with Sheridan lasted a very, uh, they're usually fairly brief, aren't they, as post-match or comparatively yeah. with Darren Saal, I should say. But then <laughs> I think everyone's fairly brief in comparison with uh, Mr. Saal. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, yes. on to the game. Yeah, before we two-foot the ref. Um, let's someone add. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, let's talk. Um, how were your trips there? Easy. It's practically a home game for me. Nice. Train yeah, right mine was um, mine, mine, mine was all right. Uh, and as I was walking into the stadium through the turnstile, there was a man smiling as I as I got on the other side of the turnstile, and he said, "Are you Dave from the Glover's Cast?" And I said, "I am." He said, "I'm the distant Glover." And it was it was the it was the Twitter uh, cartoonist uh, with uh, I didn't catch his name, but Junior Distant Glover. Uh, he was there with him, and they were both uh, decked out in green and white. So it was nice to uh, meet them. If you haven't seen Distant Glover on Twitter, check him out. There's some uh, you made the illustration guy. today, didn't you? Yeah, I love today's. Oh, he had a yeah, he had a badge on, didn't he? He did say to me he was going to try and meet Ben as well, and that's why when I when I went in the stadium, I was uh, I was stood there and I kept looking over. Uh, to see if I could see Ben, but he wasn't stood up. You usually stood up, aren't you? You weren't stood up yesterday. So you, you can't stand up in the in the press box at Halifax because there oh. isn't a press box at Halifax. It's an afterthought. It's just a normal row of seats that they just People put. People don't want to hear you moan about uh, press boxes. I, I'm, 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 I'm going to moan about it. They can they can skip forward if they want. Give me thirty seconds of your time. Skip forward thirty, 30 seconds. seconds. Well, it's just that's the all right. Fifteen seconds. Um, it's not a press box. It's just a row of seats that they accidentally put some old school school tables attached to there's no room it's horrible rubbish 
Thank you. Round over. My, my heart is just bleeding all over my shirt now. So. Okay, it's gonna, it's gonna be a mess. Yeah. Poor is. Ben. Poor Ben. Um, okay. Okay. So lineups. Let's go straight to the bench. Four on the bench, including sub goalkeeper. Full yep. quota of loans. Yep. Uh, what were you thinking going into the into the game, looking at what we had available? Because we were a bit panicky. I was I was counting footballers <laughs> as they were walking in. They came off the bus on the left hand side to us, so the opposite side to the fans were where the fans were, Dave. And they were like walking across one by one, and they were like, um, "I was going right." There's Chua Johnson. There's Mal Linton. That's brilliant. I go, okay, he's here. Excellent. Okay, we've got two goalkeepers. Excellent. Right, okay, okay, right. He's here and just sort of ticking them off. I'm going, I don't think I've got to 16 yet. And then I think I got to 16, but went, uh, that's six loans. <laughs> so they're not going to be there. So, yeah, it was uh, not surprising, I think, um, that, we, that we didn't have the numbers. But, yeah. Ben, can I just, uh, uh, as a bit of an aside here, mm. is that your counting pterodactyl that you've got in your hand there, uh, Ben? <laughs> Appears to have a pterodactyl, a uh, small plastic pterodactyl in his hand, and he used it to count. Uh, did you have that with you yesterday? I did or not. You... No, I did not have my Lego pterodactyl with me. Lego, is it right? Okay, all right. Mm. Sorry, yeah. Would have been handy on the wing, I suppose. Hey, there you go. Um, yeah. Sorry. Oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> hey, what were you thinking when you saw the team news? Uh, I was thinking, where's uh, yeah, where's the striker? Where's Rio Griffiths, and why isn't he in? Well, at least on the bench, I would have thought, given that he'd been on the bench for the for, for, for the last couple. But he was there, right? He was there. He was running around. He missed he was, training, according to Mark Cooper. Yep, uh, missed training on the Friday, and so was there. Did a lot of running after yeah. the game whilst we were having conversations. Um, Scott Wickens took Rio Griffiths for a lot of running. Penalty box to penalty box, did some X's across the pitch and sprints and then stops and sprints and then stops. Um, but yeah, the um, sixth loan, basically, it looks like. But yeah, looks like he missed training and um, as a result, wasn't involved. Okay. So, um, were, they, were there concerns about Grant Smith? Hence, will Buse be on the bench? Because normally you'd, you know, we've seen, we've had four on the bench before and never used Will Buse in that four because we've always just had outfield players. I think there's always concerns for Grant Smith. He goes down injured every other game, doesn't he? Whether or not he was feeling anything. I know a couple of the players woke up with kind of, um, um, not illnesses, but felt a bit ropey. Owen Bevan had a sore throat and things like that. So I don't know whether or not Grant Smith was one that maybe had a bit of a a peaky night and they thought, well, better be safe than sorry and we'll put Buse on the bench. Maybe that's where my cough's come from. Uh, Maybe I've got too close to the players. Have you been getting up close and personal to Owen Bevan? Um, not particularly. I mean, he he uh, came over to applaud the fans um, at the end of the game, and I was probably within, you know, ten feet of him. I would have thought, but well, not sure. I'm not sure a sore throat transfer. Didn't sneeze at me or anything like that. So well, no, probably good. Yeah, probably for the best. Yeah. Right. Let's get stuck into that first half. Um, how was the pitch? Horrendous. <laughs> There was, uh, well, Luke, our Halifax fan, did say it was, quote, a bit of a sand pit. Now, you actually stood on it, didn't you, Ben? So, bit of a sand pit, is that uh, fair to say? By bit of a sand pit, if he means entire beach, yes. There was a man in the pub who was telling us that the problem was um, there was a drain which apparently uh, broke in 
that stand that was on the opposite side from with the one that you see when you look at the highlights mm. is like a, a little stand. There was a there was a drain that broke and it basically a pipe under the pitch cracked um, and therefore um, the, the drainage is knackered as a result of that, apparently. Um, and they've never um, they never replaced it. Something to do with rugby. I noticed they had rugby posts up, didn't they, <laughs> by the time Mark Cooper was there. So that's really? the only thing you need to know, I think within the time it had taken so i uh, as i was talking to jeff post match the rugby post were going in yeah we've got a game of rugby tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> got halifax orcs on pitch later on make mess of it like i hate um, rugby, I hate rugby <laughs> me. um but yeah but like even the brat they had all the so in that empty stand they had all the advertising boardings Man. ready to go like all lined up exactly in the place that they were going to come out so they just worked over walked out got the betfred logo out for the betfred championship literally popped it over the vanorama one done sorted yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, an aside on pitches did you see the rotherham game yesterday half time oh, yeah it was like a torrential downpour and the pitch just flooded yeah unreal um unreal. I, I mean, it's no, not the, a million miles away from Halifax, is it? But I don't remember there being. So, kind of... uh, I I described the pitch as basically trying to play on a non-Newtonian fluid. Easy it was. You to say, yeah. It was just. It was horrendous, and I had a bit of a rant in my conclusions, and I fear I may be about to go into another one. But it okay. has caused. It is. It has. It has significantly impacted, not just the football, but in my belief, I think it's played a part in both injuries significant injuries and that that's that that's unacceptable it should be genuinely they should genuinely consider alternative options for the remainder of the season it is it was dangerous horrible it was i i stood on it i moved around on it um it was Difficult to get any kind of grip on. I mean, I I, I had trainers, obviously. <laughs> I didn't bring my boots. I was gonna say <laughs> your boots. But I trod on it, I did my hamstring. Yeah. You could feel like it would be really easy to A get your foot stuck in it, trying to lift off. And you can see that the foot can get like stuck in it. But actually, if you did get going, you can see how there's no grip and you almost slide. And so you can see how Lawson Diaz running after the ball and almost slides and just pop, gone, hamstring, no grip whatsoever. Hamstring just over overstretches, gone. And you can see how Agbaji, when he's in, in that tackle, his foot has nowhere to go. It gets lodged in the ground and it just crumples underneath him and he's got nowhere to go. And there's there's a chance. I mean, we don't know. We haven't seen either, but um, there's a chance it could play a part in both injuries. And it was just horrible. It, play, it was nothing. You, could, you couldn't play football on it. The ball bounced all over the place. Even their goal, the ball bounces up completely ridiculously and hits Owen Bevan on the on the hip and then bounces kindly to their person. On another day, Owen Bevan just collects it easily and smashes it clear. Um, it, it bobbles. It's horrible. Even at our goal, Oliver Bore makes a nice, clean connection to it. And as the ball hits the ground, it just skirts off to the side. It's... <sighs> It was it was horrendous, and it both sides suffered for it in terms of their footballing play. You just couldn't do anything with it whatsoever. Um, but yeah, I I fear that our players may have come a cropper more because of it. What were your takes on the on the performance of the first half? Because Mark Cooper described it as brilliant and said we were in control. Um, 
Ben Barrett on BBC Somerset said it was a nothing game, like a nothing match. Nothing had happened. There was no football played. Dave, what was the view in the... Uh, I, I, would align, I would align myself with my colleague, Mr. Barrett, here uh, on that one. I, I don't think either side. And, and, and I guess you could say we were in control in as much as they weren't in control. Uh, neither side particularly did anything that made you think... To me, being in control of a game of football is having chances, scoring goals, um, looking solid at the back. Um, it, it it didn't didn't look anything like that. I mean, certainly, um, you know, we weren't uh, we weren't creating chances and scoring goals. That that that's for sure. Um, the the one thing that we did do a lot, and I was going to ask Ben about this, was um, is play out from the back. Uh, Grant Smith seems to have uh, discovered his inner Manuel Neuer uh, or Edison or any other sweeper-keeper that there is out there. Now, I know he's done this before, and um, but it seemed to be consistently doing it and consistently um, <laughs> causing problems for us. There were a couple of times where he almost got caught out and we almost got cut out, but we we stuck with it and in the away end, people were absolutely losing, losing their heads about it. Um, Great, great goalkeeper, Grant Smith, great shot stopper. Footballer, as in with the ball at his feet. Um, I'd rather he just got rid of it, to be honest with you. Was it the pitch? Well, yes. So in the first half, yes, it was absolutely the pitch. But the first one where Matt Warburton should score, because we kind of do get caught out because we don't clear our lines and it goes, Matt Warburton should score. Once that happens, you have to look down at the pitch you're playing on and go, we can't do that on here and change it, even if it's just for the first half, because the other half was actually pretty okay in the in and around the penalty area. It was a nice green penalty area. Yeah. But in the first half, we were defending a bog, and we did not play to the conditions in that in that first half defensively with that. Um, and I completely agree. In that first half, we should have absolutely just launched the damn thing and just got rid when it was time to get rid. I have no problem with playing sort of not just hoof ball up to somebody, anybody into areas, but actually just put it into the midfield if you have to, and then get people round somebody. Allow Alex Fisher just to drop to the halfway line when the goalie's got the ball, pick the ball up around him and try and get people in around him to pick the pieces up or for him to knock a ball on or round or whatever it may be. Got to play to the conditions. We didn't in that first half, and it very nearly cost us a couple of times. Second half, I didn't mind it because the pitch was fine and we did what we had to do. There were a couple of occasions where actually it became quite a nice thing to do for Grant Smith to pick the ball up and give it to Staunton, and Staunton was looking for... Areas in behind fullbacks, a little bit longer, but not aimlessly longer. I don't mind it as a tactic, but the risk-reward factor went too far the other way in that first half when the pitch, the conditions, and the fact that Halifax jumped on it. Dias Aruve was just on the edge of the 18-yard box waiting for it. Mm -hmm. So he was never any further than 10 yards away, and he was straight into them making them make a decision. Just and, and when we did the things that you said there, like played the ball into the midfield and Alex Fisher held it up, or I thought our best outlet in that first half was Agbaji and Oliver Bore down the right-hand side. Yep. When they got the ball and kind of between the two of them um, play, played it around a bit, we seemed a lot more, more effective. And Oliver Bore caused them, I mean, I thought for, for the entire game, he was our best attacking outlet. Yep. Um, and that was, you almost like, do that. <laughs> that works. And I know they'd have picked up on it after a while, but why why do all this tick attacker round the round the back when that is obviously just gonna 
um, draw teams onto you when you've got something else that you can do, or like you said, playing into the middle. Fisher, I thought, um, uh, did well in terms of holding up and linking up the play. I yeah. thought it was Fisher's best game at that that I'd seen for a while. I'm not sure it led anywhere, but actually in terms of the back-to-goal stuff, that was about as good as I've seen from Fisher in a little while. It didn't go anywhere. We didn't get that many chances, but actually the ability to get the ball down and look sideways. Maguire Drew was always an option. Oliver Boy was always an option. Agbaji was trying to get up and be an option. That was about, that was, that was fine. We just need to, it, no, end product. How many times have we said that this year? Um, in terms of the control thing, we had them at arm's length with the exception of shooting ourselves in the foot with a couple of um, silly bits of defending in and around our own area. They didn't really do anything. They were as bad as we were. They 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 weren't up to much. Um, How many ha- times have we said that? Oh, How I many mean, times? Every game, practically every game, we say, "Well, this lot aren't any good." Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's the thing: we didn't have that that killer finish. We had a couple of a couple of moments. Alex Fisher with the cheeky back heel. Great little ball in. Alex Fisher tries to get the back heel on. It's a good save, to be fair. We had a couple of little moments, and you just think if they are, they fall right. You know, it's so easy. It's such, again, you might as well just play the same podcast over and over again. Fine margins. And they just didn't fall our way. The bounce of the ball never fell our way. The officials' decisions never went our way. It was just tiny little things, most of which you can do nothing about. Um, just didn't seem to go away. What was the uh, penalty incident on Linton in the first half? So there was two, wasn't there? There was one where Ryan Law has the ball right by the corner flag, takes on a player brilliantly, and then cuts back onto himself. He's in the box, but he's on his right foot. And we said it in the last one. I said in the last one, he hasn't got a right foot. It's for standing on only. And he cuts back onto his left foot, re-nutmegs a guy, actually, to get the ball on his left foot to put it back in the box. And it goes down and there's no need for him to go down in an absolute ideal world. Just swing your right peg at it. I know it's for standing on, but just, just swing the damn thing and see where it goes or lay it off or try and do something else with it. Don't, it was an extra turn back. It was never a penalty. Linton was for me an absolute stonewaller. And I, I just don't get my head around it. I haven't seen it again. I haven't seen a lot of the highlights. The ball comes in from Maguire Drew, possibly. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. And he gets in between. They have a three, they have a three central defender system. And uh, he got between <laughs> exactly. He got between it the central for them though. <laughs> did it? I'm not sure it did. Well, it kind of works not... for them better than it works for us, that's for sure. Oh, I'm not sure it did, but he got between Stott and Deborah, I think it was. And he gets the ball and he is 14 yards out, center a goal, and Deborah's the wrong side of him. His choices are shoot, 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 or shoot, or someone's going to stop me shooting. And Deborah just, it's not, it's not a huge amount of contact, but it's, it's enough to stop him from shooting. And he goes, it's a, it's a I mean, I, I stand to be corrected when we see the replay, of course. But for me, for my one view, absolute stonewaller. Yeah, and Mark Cooper described it as a blatant penalty as well. Yeah, yeah. And I, I said as much on air. I, yeah. At the time, it just, it was a strange game for that, for the whole, well, for the ref, the referee just had a strange game, really strange game. There was one incident, Dave, did you see the referee foul Mark, uh, Matt Worthington? 
Yes, yes, because I was screaming at him. Well, I won't tell you what I'm scre- was screaming at him, but I was screaming at him. Yeah. So the, so the referee runs into Matt Worthington, blows his whistle. Genuinely, I assume, because he's running to the player, so he's going to do a drop ball. He gives a free kick to Halifax. <laughs> and we're all like, huh? <laughs> and uh, it was the most ridiculous decision ever. Agbaji gets shoved over the hoardings. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't he wasn't gonna book Stott at all. And then I think the fact that the entire bench jumps up and everyone gets into him, he decides to book Stott. Stott then has a couple of other tackles in the game where you think, mm-hmm. now hang on, just a jiff. Um their left back, uh Jay Senior, Jack Senior, how he hasn't been booked under the multiple foul thing. I w- I was trying to top them up. I got to seven or eight. And I probably missed a few. He was horrible. And he, it's because Agbaji and Oliver Bore were genuinely giving him a hard time. He must have been looking around the rest of his defence who were having the easiest afternoon of their life, thinking, how come I got these two on my side? And he was just fouling them, kicking them, shoving them. He gave Oliver Bore a little palm in the face. Not, not a serious one, but how he's got out of that game without booking, I will never know. It is just bizarre, the, the decisions he was making. He books Cooper maybe a good minute after Cooper makes a foul. And that's only because, again, player dictates that he gets a, a yellow card. Everyone asks for a yellow card, so he gives him one. In the same way that Agbaji wasn't, so the way, same way Stott wasn't going to get booked. He kind of, he was reacting to players. He wasn't in control of the game at all. Um, the, the officials on both sides, some just strange decisions. The, the lines in, in the second half, the linesman in front of the away fans, he was he was constantly like several yards behind the play. Constantly. Yeah. Like yeah. there was there was there was very few occasions. And where um I know it was on the other side of the pitch from him, the Agbaji incident where he where he went off, but he was nowhere near that, nowhere near in line with anything. So there was no way because people were saying the linesman you could have you could have given that he didn't have a clue <laughs> because he wasn't he wasn't anywhere near and I know on the other side the linesman was obviously didn't cross the halfway line but um that that linesman seemed to be more in line with the play and he wasn't allowed to cross halfway line and they were they were just getting very obvious 50-50 challenges that go out for throw-ins wrong to the point where Ryan Law we were on the attack one time and Ryan the ball comes off Ryan Law and he just trots away because it's a goal kick and he gives a corner. Right, Can right, you talk right. about that on, <laughs> when I was listening? But Brian Law's turned around. He's just, he's, it's a bad ricochet. It's come off him, unlucky, get back in position, take the goal kick, corner kick. What? It was just, <laughs> it was, it was, it was one of the most incompetent officiating performances I think I've seen at this level for a long, long time. It was only his fourth game at this level and it really, really told. It really told. He was so poor. For everybody, and I'm not going to sit here and go, woe is us, because he was bad for them. There were times where they should have had free kicks. There were times where um, Alex Fisher was all over centre-backs and just got away with it, and it was fine. There was times where, um, uh, before he went off, Lawson Diaz, he was being a bit feisty in midfield. I thought he had a good 20 minutes, but he was being a bit feisty, a bit snappy in the midfield, um, and, yeah, was getting away with it. Hmm. Okay. Well, Ball can, one obliterated. I can tick off the referee from the list of things to talk about now. <laughs> yeah. um, into the second half, mm-hmm. sounded a bit more like we had a lot of the ball and Halifax's 
tactic was to counter us, and they mm-hmm. did get some joy through our old Rolls Royce. Yeah, someone found the keys. Mm. He's a good player, though. I know he's. It, do you know what he's not? He's not a consistent player because even within that game, he morphed in and morphed out, and he'd go quiet for ten minutes, and you wouldn't speak to him, you wouldn't speak of him, and whatever it is. And then for five minutes, everything went through him. And it was just quick football. And him and Ali linked up so well. And Dia Saruve as well. And just quick stuff. It was so, so simple. And then obviously he he capitalises on the unfortunate bounce. Gets on the end of a of a through ball and, and slots home the goal. He's a bit of an enigma maybe for us. And what we may or may not have ever had. But at times yesterday, he was comfortably the best player on the pitch you okay Dave <laughs> yeah so I'm, there's a message just came up on my phone it, it completely confused me <laughs> was it Matt Warburton no it wasn't Matt Warburton okay no. good although I did enjoy that uh, on their uh, picture on his Twitter feed he was eating some uh, a couple of slices of white bread Matt Warburton Warburton bread yeah, yeah. yeah. very clever <laughs> We yeah, got it. Player. <laughs> um, and then the next thing that I sort of remember sticking out was the injury to Agbaji and the, you know, the concern around that. Um, it was quite clear, quite obvious. It was a bad one. Mm. Quite quickly, as well. Um, one of those where you kind of you see it and you kind of my hands went on my head that oh no, and I saw it and then. Like the medical team, um, oh, what's the doctor's name? Tony? Tony, yeah. Tony. Like him and Scott just sprung straight up within milliseconds. They just knew, just knew something was up. And they must have been on the pitch for 10 minutes with him, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, took a while for them to get the stretcher on, I'll say that. Um, but you could see the communications quite quickly. It was the whole hands wrapped around near the sub. Yeah. Um, there, there didn't appear to be a physio there, did there? There were a lot of people there, but I didn't I didn't know whether a lot of them were Halifax people or ambulance staff or, or, or whatever. There seemed to be about six or seven people there, but I didn't notice our physio. Not that I would really know what our physio what looks like. I was going to say, where's, where's our pit crew? Because mm. the home game, when it was when Morgan Williams got hurt mm. against Eastleigh. You know, there was not Tony and Scott Wickens on the pitch. It was yeah, two different dudes. Uh, as far had- as I can tell, there was no one else there. And as far as I can tell, there wasn't like a... So when there was a decision to make for the St. John's ambulance, for the stretcher, it wasn't St. John's ambulance that came on. It was just Halifax tracksuits that came on. It was it was a strange, strange situation. Um, I, don't, I don't know what happened post-match, but we kind of had a... a um, a chat with Mark off air before he was interviewed by Mark now Mark Cooper um, off after the game and he was like it's a bad one and I asked is it knee or ankle and he said it's his, it's his ankle um, so he's I mean yeah I mean uh, best case scenario is that he'll be back for the start of next season I feel it's my judgment I'm not a physio either but he's 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 well, that's probably the last we've seen of him I would be very happy to be wrong though because I thought he was brilliant yesterday. Down that right-hand side, him and Oliver Bore, it's the first time I've seen them two really click. And uh, Agbaji has a header, doesn't he? Mm. In the second half. 
And what we said last week on the podcast was we want our attackers just to just to want to get the ball. And it was a lovely ball in. And Egbaji flings himself exactly like I've wanted players to be doing. Chucks himself sort of over a defender to get this header on. He makes a great connection, but it's just down the throat of the keeper. And I was like, yes. And then about four minutes later, he gets crunched. And that's it. Season over. But oh, gutted for him. Gutted for him. Gutted for Lawson as well. Um, yeah, he um, uh, lost out to, was it Ryan Law? Yeah, so Ryan, again. yeah, exactly the same again. I, again, a point I made in the other one, like it was just a bad decision from Ryan Law to try and do a little flick and a twist and a, like you say, a Cruyff turn, loses out, ball gets played forward and then Lawson Diaz got to make up that ground. And yeah, credit uh, to him for getting there because he, 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 he moved a bit, didn't he? Yeah, he did move and as he gets to the point of the ball, he just grabs the hamstring and Sheridan's watching the game flow and I just, my hands on my head and I just point, and I think I said something like, Sheridan, please tell me you don't see what I see. Mm. And it's Lawson lying down and he could barely get up and he punched the, um, he sandy punched the, turf. Uh, he punched the sandy turf, but then also he sort of, <laughs> he gave the uh, subs bench a bit of a wallop as well when he got in there. And I think that's, that. those are the ones where they know mm. if they're like, if there's a man who knows what an injury feels like, it's Lawson Diaz, isn't it? Yeah. Um, bad news for you, though, Ian. What's that? You might have a co-commentary job, mate. Four weeks. Uh, Sorry, bud. I've already agreed to do them all. Yeah, well, I think you're about to get a call from Rich Hoskins. <laughs> you're out. <laughs> it's just that I've got Lawson Diaz, and he's he, he draws bigger numbers, mate. So Okay. Wow. Sorry, bud. <laughs> He'll do the away games too, Ben. I, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm out of Gateshead. It's fine. <laughs> Stink. No one wants to do Gateshead. No, I know. <laughs> rubbish. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm, I'm genuinely. This is gonna sound a bit weird. It took me a couple of minutes to get over the Diaz one. The next couple of minutes, I was a bit quiet. I was just a bit sad. <laughs> Agbaj is a young lad. He'll be fine in, in the long term. But he's just oh, heartbroken for Diaz because all he was doing was put his body on the line again for the cause. Yeah, mm. yeah he was. He he doesn't deserve that at all. I said on there that Ryan Laura isn't a pint. <laughs> a pint. Or a new hamstring. Yeah. A hamstring transplant required. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, and then five minutes from time, just to compound the absolute woe of the afternoon up until that point, uh, Matt Worthington gets his 10th yellow card of the season. You said didn't he? You told him. I heard you on Thursday, Friday. Tell him, don't do anything stupid. Uh, I, I said it to GF pre-match. I said it at halftime. I was counting down the minutes to the point where we were thinking about on air whether or not do we sacrifice him because we're going to need him because Diaz has been missing because we're going to lose because we've got no got Ekbaji. Like you had record on the bench. I was like, do you make the switch? Do you bring him off and put record on? And then he has Behind to take three. one for the team. Take one for the team. I'm not convinced he has to do it. No. He's so far out from goal. He stops a breakaway, stops a really good counter-attack, and that shouldn't be missed. But It was in the middle of the pitch, wasn't it? There it happened. was. It was in the middle of the pitch, and he's going to be a big miss for two games. He really is. Two I big mean, home I, games. Yeah, two big home games. I suppose the thing is they are against... They're not against those three, are they? Mm. That we keep talking about. Yep. 
Yeah, we do have a fit and fresh Matt Worthington for Gateshead. Mm-hmm. He's just good. Don't have any other midfielders like him though. No. <clears throat> and even you know, even with Lawson, you know, with Lawson fit, he's not Matt Worthington. He's not that mm-hmm. type of player. Yeah. Um. So we really need to find some legs because any legs lying around. I know. I know there are bigger games on the horizon, but two home games. Still where, points to be won. Yeah. Exactly. And and our form is a lot better at home than it is away. So yeah. Uh yeah, I think it is a worry. Um then we scored. Not yeah, that not that I thought we had by listening to the radio. Yeah, sorry about that. No one really told me anything. <laughs> because we didn't know. We were trying to figure it out in front of us. Jared, uh, Dave. They're in. Ben said, no, referee's flags up. Linesman's flags up. Ben, yes, it is. No, it's not. And it was. Yeah. Um, well, I don't think the away end knew either because we were kind of like celebrating and then went, oh, and then they started celebrating them. Yeah. We just went for it instead. I've so. seen the goal, the scrappiest yeah. goal ever. Um, what happened after? What was that situation afterwards then? After Linton taps it home and runs off celebrating and gets a bear hug from Josh Staunton, what was where was the confusion? The confusion becomes because the official and the linesman are completely incompetent. Um, the linesman puts his flag up and then puts it down and scarpers. Mm. <laughs> and all the Halifax players go, he's put his flag up. Hang on, where's he gone? <laughs> but he only put it up after the ball had gone in, right? So even, well, again, I, I, forgive me if I'm if I'm breaking the, the sort of the barriers here that I shouldn't be sort of saying off-air conversations, but I had a chat with a member of the staff at, at, after the game for Yeovil, and they said, we don't know if he put his flag up to signal that the ball had gone across the line. Because that's what people were saying in the way in, because it, it looked from our, uh, our angle that it, there was a question of it, but Malachi Linton. It was, I mean, it was in. So then, we, so then we were thinking, is there a foul on the keeper? And mm. there clearly isn't. And then we thought, well, it's got to be offside. Mm. There's two players on the line. On the line, yes. Yeah. Now, yes, here's the confusion. Linton is beyond the goalkeeper. But of course, in terms of the offside law, that matters not a jot. As long as there are two players, doesn't matter whether they're outfield or goalies, doesn't matter. So he's clearly onside. But I think, I think Halifax get a bit triggered by seeing that flag go up and then back down again. Referee's in an okay position, so he points to the referee points to the spot immediately, points to the center circle immediately. But I've seen the flag go up, and so that's why I've initially gone, "Oh no, he's given offside. What's going on?" And the crowd around us don't really go, "Oh," they kind of do nothing because they think the flag's gone up. Um, it's it's a peculiar situation. It's a very clear goal. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Um, but just a couple of crazy minutes ensued. And absolute scenes in the away end, Dave? It was definitely, once we realised that it was a goal, there was a, there was a good degree of celebration, yes. Um, <laughs> it was, yeah, it, to, to, to my mind, it was a robbery. Not, not that I'd say they necessarily deserved, um, they necessarily deserved to win, but we... For my money, um, I, 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 we were never going to score 
um before we scored <laughs> so um yeah and 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 it was I, I didn't realize until i'd seen it on the replay the keeper makes a complete hash of it doesn't he yeah it's, uh, like, because of the pitch yeah. in that yeah, 18-yard yeah. box the pitch is completely the bobbles yeah. are horrendous and then oliver borey shoots and that yeah. goes off on a tangent after he Go shoots. Wide, <laughs> yeah so but um, i didn't realize that from the angle we, uh, we, we were at but yeah i thought i i i thought to myself yep yeah, we're never gonna. We're never gonna score here. I... I'm not sure. I agree with the word robbery. Well, I thought we were better than robbery. Um, I would call it smashing grab. No, I'm not sure it was. We gave as good as we got, but I mean, neither side's bars were very high. No, no. But on that, are. but you know, we and they put the rugby posts up, and they get them. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Um, n- neither side were were kicking conversions. Um, it was, it was maybe the worst footballing spectacle I've seen in years, and anything other than a nil-nil would have been a travesty. But a nil-nil and a one-all, a point each, was probably fair on balance of play. Yeah, I wouldn't call it a robbery. If they'd have won, if they'd have won one-nil, that would have been a smashing grab, because Grant Smith had one other meaningful save to make, and a couple of shoot yourself in the foot moments. Their keepers had a couple of good saves to make from the Alex Fisher flick and a couple of other chances. We should have had a penalty. Um, we had enough attempts at getting in behind, especially down the right-hand side, to try and make chances, even if we didn't necessarily do so. You're starting to get into sort of final third entries and all that gubbins, but um, it, it was it was just a terrible exhibition of sport, basically. <laughs> um, not helped by the pitch, not helped by a useless official. And I think everyone comes away with a point and thinks that's okay. We'll take it and run away for our lives. The oh, the only thing that really is a huge negative for me is the injuries and the suspension because it's more than just the two. Alex Fisher was subbed off late on because I think he had an injury. So I'm not sure if Alex Fisher, you know, might need a week off, but he had a bit of a niggle. JMD um, was on one leg, according to Mark Cooper, after the game. Uh, we all know that Staunton and Cooper are bandaged up and trying to get through and, and Owen Bevan's got a sore throat. So yeah, right, yeah. and then as well. well that was it was the most bizarre thing. So after the game we're waiting by the pitch side and I, I don't speak to Cooper because I'm speaking to Jeff up on the up in the not a press box. Calling and, Cooper now he's not calling him Mark. He's trying to track back from that one, isn't he? Yeah. He's he's one mention away from Coops. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. And we're waiting and Sam says, oh, I've asked so-and-so to go get Malachi. He'll come out and talk to you. And so Sheridan's just sat there waiting. We all turn around and uh, Sam goes, hi, Mal, you're right. And we turn around and he's got the biggest limp. And then we're like, don't not you too. Come on, mate. And he goes, no, it's fine. I sprained my ankle last week. It's fine if I strap it up. It's fine. What? No. So, yeah, he's yeah. walking. He's hobbling wounded. I think just- the injuries are obviously the big thing off the back of it yeah great we got a point but at the same time we've lost all key players here's a question then i mean they're all key players the size of our squad at the moment here's a question for you dave would you take a one nil loss but everyone fit one nil loss but we keep agbaji we keep worthington we keep diath we keep fisher i don't think i would no I think I still take the points. Points on the board. Yeah. Again. Um. 
I think I'd rather have players. It depends who we bring in. Ask me next. Ask me by the end of the week. <laughs> Five o'clock Thursday. Yeah. Um, out of interest on my um, point tracker, my prediction tracker, we have six points mm-hmm. out of them. And at this point, I predicted we would have six points. No, we'll, we'll find it that way. Not, not necessarily in the right order, but we were meant to win on Saturday. I was going to say, you predict us to win at Halifax, did you? <laughs> yeah, but this was, we did this like six games ago when they were a bit ropey. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at home, they're a bit ropey. Well, is it any wonder? No. Yeah, honestly, yeah. honestly, like I say, it's a, it's a, it's a disgrace. So what I use in the conclusions and these. Okay. Any more for any more on the Halifax game? No more for no more. No. How was the away end, Dave? It was good. Yeah, yeah. There was a uh, hundred and something odd, I think, there. So, um, yeah. We... Three. Sounds about right. Yeah. Any, any cacti? No cacti. No. Pete was there, who, who usually brings the uh, menagerie with him. But, um, but no, he wasn't. Uh, he got a couple of. A couple of seasons ago, he had a he had a bad experience at Halifax. The the gold on Mateo two 0 when he um he missed it because he was so drunk he got carried out in a wheelchair. So um <laughs> uh, he did he did better than that. So well done, Pete, in in in, in that one. But yeah, probably good, good. form. Clevo Clevo was losing his head uh, a good number of occasions. There was uh, yeah he was proper jumping up and down. I like Clevo. No, I know. Yeah, usually a placid creature, isn't he? <laughs> Preacher. <laughs> um, after the game, Matt Ugler tweeted, uh, good point under the circumstances. Let's regroup and pull away from this scrap. We've got a big week next week to pull the trigger and open the checkbook. Uh, my question to you is, what kind of gun opens a checkbook? <laughs> well, um, who has a checkbook these days? <laughs> That's what I want to know. I'm hoping he sends a check by fax. Yeah, really roll it back. I feel like there is, um, there's a gun and a checkbook joke in there. It's something to do with blankety blank, and I can't quite figure it out. I don't know. Firing blankety blanks because they've got a checkbook and pen, didn't they? On blankety blank. That was yeah, the prize. It's quite. There's, there's, there's young people on listening to this. I know, yeah. No I've, I've, I've bamboozled them with non-Newtonian fluid already. <laughs> bamboozled me with that, to be fair. Has so. your son taught you about that this week or something, Ben? Yeah. <laughs> he's brought it over his homework. <laughs> I can use that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yes, sounds like uh, they, they, they've got a few people who they've had in mind. And I know Mark Cooper's mentioned it a few times, didn't he, about giving them some names of people. Um, and so what I thought was interesting was that he said that there were targets that they had lined up for the summer. Mm-hmm. Is this this scouting network that we were promised mm-hmm. doing its stuff? Are we getting prepared already? Is this, is this forward planning? Maybe. Maybe. Setting your conclusions, if it whatever it is, I like it. Mm. Yeah. Well, hopefully, some of them are midfielders because we we haven't got many of them anymore, and hopefully, one of them is a striker. <laughs> At least one of them is a striker. Do we need a right back as well? Where is Troy Johnson came on? Didn't he? Did he come on? He came on for Agbaji. Yes. Yeah. Um, it looked all right. Looked okay. I mean, 
difficult to get going in those kind of circumstances on that kind only, of pitch. My only concern with Chiori is that he doesn't tend to do a full 90 and he's had his own hamstring issues as well. Why are they all getting hamstring issues? I, I'll be training on non-Newtonian fluids. I don't know. <laughs> Get it in. Um, yeah, just an odd one, isn't it? Mm. Uh, that's what happened with Morgan Williams. Yep. Yath, Fisher. Who else did hamstring? All of them. Oh, Jordan, Jordan Stevens, Jordan Young. They were hamstrings too. My hamstring's a bit sore. Yeah. Ben went to the beach, tore his hamstring. Okay. Yep. So players in. Yes, please. Thank you. Please thank you. Okay. Um, we've got a lot of questions asking to, to pick for. Realistic ones as well, which I always find very hard. Um <laughs> Okay, should we do Twitter or Facebook? Oh, questions. We've got questions on both. Yeah, we have got questions. On it's both. a surefire way of knowing that the supporter base is a little bit uh, miffed it's when the Facebook has come out to question. I am ready there on Facebook if you want me, Dave. I've got them all. Oh, okay. Go on. Oh, I was going to say okay. I, I, I had them, but go on, you go ahead. Uh, Anthony Holmes. This is on the Green Army Facebook page because you've asked it everywhere. Is there any Ooh. other pages I might need to think about that I've not thought about? Green Army, Green, green and, and White, white as well. and Ciders, please. <laughs> I haven't got Green and White. Um, what about our own page? And it's on there as well. Yeah, there's, yeah they're on there. Uh, Anthony Holmes, I just sometimes think the football gods are against us. What are we going to do now with all these injuries? And Mark Cooper said after the game, didn't he, that the world was against us at the weekend. What are we going to do with all these injuries? Pray? To the football gods. Yeah, I think that that might be it. I mean, there's nothing we can do about the injuries, is there? Because they're gone. No, that's it. There's no. Um, but I, I think all we can do is hope that we get some of the players back. Obviously, a couple of weeks ago, we were told that all of our injured players were back in a couple of weeks, uh, <laughs> including uh, Max Hunt, uh, Charlie Wakefield, um, Scott Pollock. I know had um, had been. Been, tra- been training uh, and who was the other one? Oh, Morgan Williams is obviously longer term isn't he? But, but a, a lot of them were, were two weeks away. Jordan Young um, hopefully we'll have him back so yeah, it's not a great situation to be bringing players who've been out injured uh, for a while back but we need we need the bodies. Ben, you mentioned in your conclusions about maybe bringing back some of the lone players Will Dawes and Holbert I think you said, didn't you? Holly Hayes yeah. I mean, in terms of bodies, yeah. I mean, I, I did see um, a sort of training gallery thing that I think Sam put on Facebook or, or Twitter, and, and um, Ollie Hayes obviously still trains because they're only a part-time team. And I just wonder if, I just wonder if it is time to bring them back and say, well, I mean, Ollie Hayes has had pretty much a full season. I know he's not always been in the team, but we need players. We need players like. There would have been really nice to have two more outfield players on the bench yesterday and have to not bring on record in the 90th minute, bring on haste instead and keep record 100% ready, one match completely off because he's going to be needed. And Ryan Law is going to have to go into midfield next next Saturday. It would have been nice to do that. I mean, Olbear and, and Dawes are both playing in the division below. It's, it's not a, a great amount of return in terms of goals. Dawes had a goal taken off of him at the weekend. Um, so they are our players. 
I mean, there's an argument that Ben Richards Everton shouldn't be four points behind us at Gunthorpe, really, in a relegation dogfight. If he doesn't want to play for us, that's fine, but stop him playing for Scunthorpe. Um, again, I don't know. I, I just think we have players there. I mean, I'm not saying um, we've joked about it in the past, but it's not the time to chuck Ben Jani and Charlie Bateson in, is it? But players that have had a bit of first team football, Albert, um, Dawes, Haste. I like has the it way that just accepted that just accepted now. it now. Um, <laughs> that have at least played a bit of first team football and been in around the first team environment a bit more regularly. They've got to be actual options, have they not? I'm not sure they're re- realistically, you know. Are they not? They're our players. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 they could br- bring them on, on, off the bench, but I don't think any of them would trouble the starting lineup. No, but they don't have to. They no. have to be a body. We no. couldn't fill the bench. And no. I just think, in the, if you have to make a 90th minute sub, if if record had twisted his ankle on that pitch on Saturday, uh, you might as well have brought doors on. Chuck him up front. He's just a striker for a striker. I think I think you think I'm disagreeing with you here, Ben. I'm not. No, I'm just, I'm, with just, it. I just, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just saying that none of them, none of them that uh, that are out on loan are good enough to be in the starting lineup. That's why they're out on loan. But I do, but I do think that some of the injured players that we've that we've got could be mm. um, like Charlie Wakefield. He was saw back on the ground, wasn't he? On the ground, yeah, he was on, he was on the ground. Training um, or something. Yeah, doing sprint intervals on a bike, which I don't think you do if you got a sore back. So I think um, he said he was he, feeling good. I think as well, didn't yeah, he? He did. He did. So so hopefully he's around, available at some point. Yeah, man. Anyway. Right. Uh, I cannot do this surname, but Duncan asks, which has been the worst pitch to play on? Is it too soon after yesterday to ask that question? What was, what was it? Hewish Park, circa two thousand and something. Late nineties. Yeah, Jesus Christ, that was that was pretty awful. But that was wobbled in the middle of it that you had to get through. Yeah, yeah. So that'd be up there. But I, off the top of my head, I can't think of too many worse ones than than that one. We have played on a couple of really bang average four Gs. Where was it in the FA Cup where we couldn't play certain players because their knees would go pop? In the FA Cup. Lower league side. Was it Maidstone? It might have been Maidstone. Oh, Maidstone, yeah. It might yeah, have been Maidstone. Fulton scored. Yeah, that was Maidstone with um Pre-Jack got sent off. Paul Starrett was manager. Yeah, that oh, was a pretty big yeah, because yeah. that was like a proper old school, high school 4G pitch that was just horrendous, wasn't it? So that was just... the same league as us. Yeah, I, have they not improved their pitch though? Yeah, they have improved the pitch. Have um so yeah, that was pretty bad. But yesterday was as bad as a pitch of as I've as I've ever witnessed. Okay, question from James Drew. A couple here from James. Why is it Ruben Reed and Ali Yusuf got so much criticism compared to Fisher and Linton, even though their goals per game ratio is pretty much the same? Now I know Dave. Dave has been doing some numbers before you jump in <sighs> with Ben. Dave has taken the number crown. I. I feel a little bit seen by when I saw this question. I, I, I felt that was that directed specifically at me. Um, so James, I, yeah, I, I, I take your pointed comment. So I have been looking at what both Ruben Reed and Adi Yusuf did by the 19th of March, 2022. So by the 19th of March, 2022, Ruben Reed had played 13 games because obviously he didn't play um the, the sort of first half of the season, did he? Because he was he was largely injured. He'd scored one goal 
by that point um, in league uh trophy and cup i didn't go into the somerset premier cup there um adi yusuf by the 19th of march 2022 had scored eight goals in 32 games Ooh. um uh, we're, we're questioning whether a couple of those actually were his goals because one of them was the one that uh was jordan barnett's and one was the own goal that in the wayne of uh, league game so comparatively um they've scored a collective total of nine um, Alex Fisher and Malachi Linton, I think, have both got have got ten between them. They both got five um, in in league action. Uh, they have obviously played a lot more games. Well, Alex Fisher played thirty six games. Malachi Linton's played twenty seven games. Obviously, there's substitute appearances and so forth um, in there as well. So, I would. Um, I can't really backtrack from my views on Ruben Reed now, can I? So, I, I, but I, I wouldn't even if I could. Uh, and I would say that I think Alex Fisher does a lot of the things that people liked about what Ruben Reed did. Um, and one thing I should say in Ruben's defence is the, the the week after the 19th of March 2022, he did score two goals in his many games. So, I think he scored one at home to Southend and one away at Barnet. So. He, he then got his, up to his magical three uh, for the entire <laughs> season, so um, which uh, both of them have already um, surpassed. And hardly Erling Haaland, I know, but um, but yeah. So I would I would stick by everything I said about Ruben Reed. I think Alex Fisher does a lot of the things that Ruben Reed was hailed for doing. I think he probably does them better. Um, and yeah, albeit it's it's not a not a great standard. He um, <laughs> he scores more goals. Um, by a factor of four uh, by by this point. Malachi Linton, uh, I mean, we've said it on here before, not just in his interview, um, but he's 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 a he's a bit nice. Um, he did, did you know he got his goal and 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 in other games like I, I always think back to the old Trinim game at the start of the season. I thought he looked great um, and scored a great goal, but there as well, obviously scored that one against Wrexham. So it's there. Um, I think Ruben Reed and Adi Yusuf. You look at them and we were probably thinking these are two players that should be bringing goals with them. Uh, Adi Yusuf, remember, was talking to that Solly old fan saying that he could be he could be be the one. So I think I had a lot higher expectations for those two players than I did for Alex Fisher, who's never really scored a lot of goals anywhere he's been. And Malachi Linton, um, who's obviously uh, a younger player. But I don't think I was ever that critical of Adi Yusuf. I probably should have been more critical of him than I was but um but I don't think I was ever that critical of him but I 100% stand by Ruben Reed and finally <laughs> and I said a lot in this answer I know uh I would also say that Alex Fisher uh, and Malachi Linton both do still get an awful lot of uh, grief from people um so it's not true to say they don't get any because they do we haven't had a coach monologue for a little bit have we? <laughs> I there you go. I enjoyed that there you go. I backed it up with stats as well. Can we just caveat a lot of that with the uh, policy of not judging Ruben Reed on the number of goals that he scores? <laughs> so it's all a bit pointless. Okay. Um, <laughs> I never, I never accepted that rule. It's like <laughs> no. the, it's, it, it, I'm, I'm like the Kremlin and in the international courts. I, I don't, I don't recognise that rule. That's a topical one. Um, go. I, I've got a spreadsheet that I need to put a couple of games into, but. Malachi Linton averages just under an hour, like each game. His average time on the pitch is 58 minutes and Fisher's is 63 minutes. So there's like a third of the game where they're not there on average 
over the course of the season too. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, I, Chris Hargreaves first. Chris Hargreaves was always off at 60. For both the, of them. The, thing, the thing we've not replaced this season isn't Ruben Reed and Adi Yusuf. It's Tom Knowles' goals. That's the, yeah. that's the thing we haven't replaced. So. And Del Gorman. Although I think in Charlie Cooper, we've now replaced Del Gorman. Okay. How many goals Del Gorman scored, but not many. No, but that he was that nasty man in midfield oh. that Ben still that nasty man. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other question from James Drew: What do you think our playing budget will be for next season with the new owners compared to the other National League teams? One million <laughs> pounds. It's about normal, isn't it? <laughs> okay. Yeah, it'd be. million pounds I guess comparing to other teams we'd like to be around the Chesterfield I was going to say I bet it's more than how budget do you think Hmm. yeah I'd be in the yeah the Woking Chesterfield kind of because I think Chesterfield have got a very big squad haven't they yeah. Um, I think Woking have brought quality over quantity, which is maybe why they're feeling it a little bit now. But you look at the likes they brought in, Amund up front and um, mm. Reese Brown and uh, Dan Moss and, and Co as well. So yeah, I think I think I'd be quite happy with something in the in the in the Woking uh, territory because they have spent a fair bit of cash, I'd say. Okay. Uh, Bachelor is going to be thinking, oh, is he a Weymouth fan, a Woking fan now, is he? <laughs> Have you got Green and White page with any questions on Green and White's page? Oh, well, I thought you said you had them all. I didn't have Green and White's. So I said to you, uh, have Green and no, White. there's no, 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 there's just a little thumbs up uh, on, on, on that one. There's one who's, on, who, one who's on the Green Army. You get the one on Sky's page. Oh, yeah, you got Duncan on Sky's yeah. That's it. All of them. Facebook done. There we go. Okay, over to the Twitter. Uh, Jordan asks Magic number four has been floated as the number of players we may be looking to bring in. Who do you think they could be? On a side note are there any four players you've seen against us this season who you'd like to realistically see us go for? Give me Mark Ellis. (laughs) Mark Ellis. Mark Ellis, yeah. Got man the match yesterday as well for York. (laughs) Obviously. Is he the answer to our goal scoring problems? No, but I have him at the back. Um, I do, I do like Matt Kretschmar. He can come in. Um, who can we seriously go over oh, there? We've got, we've got a couple of questions of us asking for names. Yeah. Does anyone have any names? What well, do the questions have any names, or do do we have any names? <laughs> Either or. Your bed. I oh, yeah. don't. Yeah. Don't want Ben up front. No. Oi. Yeah. You'll do your hamstring on the beach. <laughs> uh, well, my scoring yeah. record, it's a, it's, a, it's a risk worth taking. Okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's that bad. It's a uh, wild card. <laughs> um, I like... You like that lad from Altrinham, didn't you? That midfield player. His name yeah, is probably yeah, Carl. Than <laughs> Hang on, I've got it written down somewhere. Right next. Uh, that was Eastley. That was Scunfort. Hold on here, folks. <laughs> this is this is where the, um, the award-winning radio is, is coming. Is this the lad that went back? He was on loan and went back. Isaac Marriott. Oh, no. Okay, yeah, that's your that's yeah. So we'll have him, please. Centre forwards. In terms of, I noticed a certain Murphy R scored for Southend. Uh, really? Yeah. So 
uh, yeah. I, I mean, I'd have said the guy who's just signed for Aldershot from from Maidstone. Um, I can't remember. Is it Barham? Is it Barham? Barham. Mm, Jack Barham. Um, Jack Barham. He he, he uh, obviously had scored a few. I think somebody in one of the questions had mentioned the 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 brute who plays up front for Maidenhead. Aqua. Aqua. Yeah. So. Got an England call up. Yeah. Scoring. Yeah. He was a trouble against us, wasn't he? I thought he was a bit of a beast up front. Yeah. Is he Do realistic? I don't know. Realistic. A maiden head part time? Or are they a hybrid? I think they're part time, aren't they? But yeah. If you, if you splash a bit of money and you can encourage a player to. But we also don't want to, as we heard after the game, we don't want to burden ourselves with debt unnecessarily. We're probably not in a position right now, not knowing what division we're going to be in, to offer a two and a half year deal. It's probably going to have to be a come to us to the end of the season or... I think he's 22 years old and is proving that he can score goals in the National League. Oh, I, I, there's absolutely nothing wrong with his pedigree. But right now, would you say to him, drop down a couple of places and hope we don't, and try and keep us up? Probably for the lot. I, I don't know. It depends how much money you give him. Yeah. Maidenhead. I think there's, you know, I think in his position, if you're looking at a club that's got an ownership group that are looking to spend some money and looking to build, then why wouldn't you, you know, make that move? Especially if you're going to be the, you know, the centre forward who's going to bring, bring us to safety. That's the thing I think about Barham, who left uh, Maidstone, is they're obviously down, aren't they? Um, yeah, he scored at the weekend, didn't he? As well, I think. yeah, um, yeah, I'm not sure, but he, um, yeah, but he scored, he scored a good few for um, okay. yeah. one player, and I don't know whether he, he looked good when when he um, when Maidstone played there was Booty, is it Regan Booty, Regan Booty. In, in midfield as well. I mean, I think he might be a bit older and probably therefore wouldn't really fit our a profile of trying to bring in younger players but he yeah he looked like a good player I remember when we played him there when we played him at Maidstone he scored their their penalty right at the very end as well but yeah someone who, who knows where the back of the net is I'd imagine we'd probably be looking at people who are football league on the way down as opposed to lower league and on the way up but when you look at to my mind our best centre forward that we've had in recent times Reese Murphy who came from Chelmsford was it coming coming up and you look at the success of I think that Aqua came from lower down and um, yeah so I, I would say well, Macaulay Langstaff came from Gateshead in National League North mm. last season and uh, he's yeah. doing it so there, there'll, there'll be people down there I mean, you could say Jordan Young uh, scored goals at Chippenham and now he's moved up to us. I'd think a big part of <laughs> a big part of the condition for signing is yes, I'm I've played a load of games recently and I'm match fit and I'm ready to go. Mm. Rather yeah, definitely. I've got an injury or I need to build up some match fitness because we we don't need that now, do we? We need players who can come in and play. So I was looking at the free agent list on transfer marks. That's no good. Well, it it, it might be actually because oh. there were three names that seemed to sort of jump out that made some kind of relative sense. Who I think you could say to the players, join us 
for whatever it is, three months and earn yourself an EFL contract by being a superstar for the next three months. We'll let you go scot-free in the summer, crack on, see what you can do. Um, Callum Harriet, formerly of Charlton, scored a couple of goals on a great success rate at Colchester, but was released by Gillingham at the end of February. So he's someone that might be, again, relatively within reason. Um, Frank Newble was released by Colchester on Saturday, possibly. This weekend just gone. He hasn't been... I think if you're calling Holbert, Holbert, I think you've got to call him... (laughs) Frank Nouble. Frank uh, Nouble um, was... was Frank Frank Nouble. <laughs> he hasn't played in a while. Um, he's been. He hasn't been in the squad. I was looking on um, on flashcards. He hasn't been in the squad, Colchester, for ages. So match fitness is definitely a question for him. And the only other one that made any kind of sense was an attacking midfielder called Zane Westbrook, who was formerly of Bristol Rovers, was released by them, and according to social media, had a trial and played behind closed doors games for Walsall in early March. But as yet hasn't seemed to have appeared anywhere in a contractual situation. So three names that I had a bit of a look through the transfer mark list and tried to figure out something that looked vaguely feasible, whether or not. If you have a look in um, National League South and National League North, top scorer in National League South is Dominic Polion from Ebbsfleet, who looked like they're, they're on the way up. Sean Jeffers, formerly of this parish, scored 24 goals for um, uh, St Albans. And then... Mamadou Fall from uh, Haventon Waterlooville, who I seem to remember by social media has been named probably just because he's someone in the National League South. He scores goals. Um, I'm not sure whether there's an actual connection. He, he's on loan from somewhere, I think. I don't think he's actually theirs. He's on loan from there's, there's, there's two Mo. There's two Mohammed Files. Oh, okay. I think one was at Files and went back yeah. somewhere, and one was at Haven and also went back somewhere. I think their loans both ended at the same time. But there's two players called Mohammed Fall. Yeah, to... Fall, by the looks of it, played for no. He play, he's played in for like lower divisions. Um, so he did Haven, um, Enfield Town before that. I've uh, been released by Bolton. Um, yeah, according to Wikipedia, he just plays for them. Yeah. Plays for Haven. But there is another one that scored goals at Fylde and then went back to yeah. West Brom, I want to say. Same name. And in National League North, there's the top scorer is a player called Connor Hall from Chorley, um, which is just down the way from me, so I could give him a lift if they wanted. Kirk, Kurt Willoughby, who I seem to remember his name being mentioned mm. um, to On us trial. In, the, in the summer. Yeah, he's a Chester. So he's got 19 goals in 39 games. So, But again, you talk about realistic... If you went to St Albans and said, hi, we'd like Sean Jeffers back, please. They were trying to go, oh, you're the football club with the new rich owners, right? Yes, that'll be one bazillion pounds, please. It's not going to happen. Not, not at this stage of the season. If they're going for a promotion, they're trying to get out. They're not going to let their top scorer go cheaply. Even if they are at a contract in the summer. I, I, I would just completely rule those out. I think uh, if someone said you can have Bukayo Saka for one bazillion pounds, you'd go for it. But... Perhaps not Sean Jeffers. Anyway, uh, Gareth Aspinall, a good point for YTFC yesterday at the Shea, but the game was turgid, shambolic, awful football, coupled with dire refereeing and a woeful pitch. Have you ever witnessed a worse sporting spectacle? 
Ben, Ben's oh. already said that. Not, not in recent years, I think. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I have. I'm trying to think if I've watched anything worse elsewhere. I've been to a couple of really dire Farsley games. Um, it's getting late. I don't think we've got time to run no. over the years. No, I no is probably the short answer. Not recently, anyway. Dave, no, not that I can think of. I'm sure uh, I have, but I can't think where they are. Andy Cleave, Cleaver hasn't had a clean for a little bit. Um, in terms of loan quotas, do you think we should send Buse back and trust Max Evans to be our number two, assuming he's fit? And with Agbaji's injury likely to be longer term, it would free up one loan spot for match day squad. I think we should try and replace Agbaji if possible, in some sort of loan deal. Whether or not Ipswich have got a spare player kicking about that they can lend us because like Broke the last one. one. They're not going to give us another one, are they? <laughs> well, Halifax. Halifax is picked by the last one. But... Yeah, so I, I, w- I would try and replace Agbaji if we can. Um, as for the keeper, we've we've mentioned this before. They like Will Buse. Not sure we can do an awful lot about it. He is the obvious one to leave out in the vast majority of circumstances. So I say we'll probably keep Will Buse. I mean, I'm not particularly attached to Max Evans or, or Will Buse. Like, I don't know. I haven't seen him. Like, I don't get the, like, Max Evans should be in just because. And if, if, if we sent Buse back and Evans sat on the bench for a couple of weeks and Smith gets injured, you can go and get a keeper. Emergency keepers are a thing. You can do seven-day loans. Like you have yeah, wiggle room. Our season, we had about eight different goalies, didn't we? Yeah, it it, it makes it makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, okay, uh, we've done one about strikers and players. Uh, Dexter Tyson, evening. If you hired a motorbike with a side, by the way, he always says evening. Yeah, that's polite, that's polite that. isn't it? That is polite. Yes. Um, evening, Dexter. <laughs> fucking hell, Dave. Hang on. Oh, there Whoa, we go. Oh, <laughs> you got the 85, <laughs> 85 minutes in, and you got booked. <laughs> you are Matt Worthington. That's it. You're out for the next two. Evening. Evening. If you hired a motorbike with a sidecar for a trip to the seaside, which football manager would you have in the sidecar? Also, which drink would you have in your flask? And what would you order from the chippy? It would. It would have to be something non-alcoholic. If you're if you're riding the motorbike, are you? Or is the is the well, yes? Whatever. Yeah, it depends if it might be a bottle of cider. You get away with one, wouldn't you? Well, that's not. Come on now, let's not encourage drink driving. We are, we are a family show. No drink driving, please. I'd have some warm milk. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was the most beige thing I could think of. <laughs> well, What's the most beige milk? manager you can think of to sit <laughs> in your sidecar? Sarkis, <laughs> yeah, wearing his socks off, yeah. Um, I would have Arsene Wenger uh, in the sidecar just because he's, I think he's a very tall man and therefore seeing him like uh, <laughs> wrapped up into a sidecar would be quite amusing. And I'd also want him in that uh, big uh, like sleeping bag um, coat that he used to wear on the, uh, on the sidelines where he famously had the problem with the zip. So yeah. And I think he'd look quite funny in like goggles and a, and a helmet. So yeah, the amusement factor there. And for fish and chips, I mean, it's got to be fish and chips. No, depends where you buy them from, really. But uh, if it's if it's near the seaside, then it's got to be fish and chips, surely. Roy Hodgson, hot chocolate, and a battered sausage and chips, just to keep him away from getting back into football. Enjoy your retirement, Roy. You don't need to go back to Crystal Palace. Have a hot chocolate. Yeah. 
um, Jose Mourinho, I will have a hazelnut latte in my flask. And You're I will. Woke, aren't you, Ben? What? Are you so woke? Am I? I'll have a hazelnut latte and <laughs> a uh, from the chippy uh, battered sausage chips, and I would also like a pickled egg. I can't believe and, that the two of you are going to the seaside and you're not eating seafood. And I'll have a curry sauce and a dandelion and burdock. Dandelion and burdock. Brave, you're going to put that in the flask with the hazelnut latte after. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well. All I can say, as far as food choices in, we've we've got the we 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 should go with the Barrett that we had at the beginning, shouldn't we? Yeah. Bring back Bev. That's what I say. <laughs> uh, Joey Chin asks, "What's the worst ground you've ever been to?" Ground. Yes. The worst ground. Went to a few dire ones in um, back in the nineties. Um, there's a place called The Warren, which was the home of uh, Yedding FC. Now, Hayes and Yedding, I think, that was basically just a, a um, like a barrier around the side of the pitch. And I remember Graham Roberts uh, going off and uh, putting his foot through the dressing room door uh, because people were <laughs> shouting at him at half-time. So, um, yeah, that's one that particularly sticks in my mind. But West Auckland Town, that was just a fence around the pitch, as I remember rightly, but... Those were the yeah. days, huh? Those were the days. Yeah. Ben, you got any worse grounds you've been to? Uh, <laughs> well, um, uh, yeah, it's probably going to be one of them. Yeah. Geisley's not great either, actually. You must have played on a few when you were at Coombe. Your Coombe. Uh, yeah. You, you were yeah. so wrapped up in all the goals you were scoring. That you you've, you've, already, you've already sworn, haven't you, on this? Uh, yes, on, yeah. yeah. So in Chard, they have a place called Dogshit Park. Yeah. <laughs> Says a lot about Chad, but yeah, they do. Oh, he's done it again. Well, done it again. Um, da, 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 da. right, Dave, London Green, Dave, what is the dirt? Now, what's your worst ground? Oh, Weymouth, come on, that was an easy one to answer. Um, what is the dirtiest pint of cider you've ever had, and where did you have it? Ilminster Cricket Club, yeah, it was like a home brew local farm thing that they had on special one cider festival, and it had. Yeah, it was questionable. Yeah. I had a pint of cider at North Perrot Cricket Club. Lovely uh, part yeah. of the world. Yeah, yeah. Quote uh, Hopper H. Mm. Oh, Hopper A. Um, and uh, it had a rather large hair in it. Um, so, yeah. Possibly. Like what? Like <laughs> no, no, yeah, like a large rabbit. Yeah. No, no. There was, uh, yeah, there was a, there was a, there was a definite hair in it. Um, I I wouldn't like to identify where the hair came from, but yeah, that was okay. Enough said. Yeah, enough said. Um, I think probably one from a beer festival or something. Um, yeah, where I had it, either Yeovil Beer Festival or Falmouth Beer Festival. Um, yeah, other other beer festivals are available. Who knows what it was? I'd have just said, I'll have some of that, please. And it was a bit a bit tart. Hmm. Um, Robin Bachelor, uh, we've sorry, Robin, we've asked this and we're running out of time. The clock is ticking down. Um, would we recall Hull Bear and Doors? Um, Robin Bachelor asked another one that we can answer this one Would Bristol City consider sending out ours again? 
as he could cover for Worthington and Diath, or should we look elsewhere for a permanent signing? Both. Both. Yeah. I'd have hours back. I, I thought yeah, I would. The, the, the brief uh, performance I saw from him at York, I thought he was all right. Yeah, I, I would definitely have hours back. I'm not sure we're going to get him back, but yeah, yeah I, I would absolutely have him back. I'll tell you, he's not going to get hours back. People who've listened to me. Wee! <laughs> you, I'll tee him up. You knock him, Dave. Um, yeah. Oh, out of the park. <laughs> out so of the park. Alan Partridge, then, didn't I? That was me <laughs> knocking out of the park. Uh, that's it. That's it. Robin Batcher had the last question. There you go. Always has the final word, that man. <laughs> Unless you, one of you wants one. <laughs> final word, Ben. Non-Newtonian fluid. <laughs> Non-Newtonian fluid. There we go. See you on Friday, folks. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from...